This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I could be taking you guys back to a year in 1983 to look at the sci-fi adventure movie Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. And for this episode I couldn't think of anybody better to join me for the show. It's uh, Matthew Tangent from the Strange, Weird and Cheesy podcast. Matt, how you doing? Welcome to Bite Size Cinema. I'm doing good, thanks for having me man. That's fine, man. Uh, like I say, I couldn't think of anybody better to have on the show for uh, Space Hunter. Um, so, Matt, do you want to uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, mate? I know that you are a massive fan of the 80s. I, I get the impression that you and me share the same passion, especially when posting stuff on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely say, yeah, we definitely go back and forth on you'll post something or I'll post something. And I'll be like, wow, and I was totally going to post that like in a couple days. It's pretty funny about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I've always been a big fan of 80s stuff just mainly because it's like the perfect level of cheese and entertainment. And the action is just, it's just the, the kind of action they had back then is they just can't re, they can't redo that now. Yeah, I'm with you, man, especially with the uh, film that we're talking about today. And um, I know that you posted on uh, the Facebook page or on Bite Size Cinema that you was watching the movie. And I watched Space Hunter the other day and I was thinking, it's just such a sort of tangible movie. You know, it's just that I think it's because they use real vehicles and explosions. Um, kind of makes you feel like you really are, you know, there. Whereas today, I don't want to knock uh, CGI too much because it does do some good things, but it just loses that ooh, sort of conviction a little bit for me compared to these these type of movies that we had in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff that they can do now that they couldn't even imagine doing back mm. then, but at the same time, like you said, there's a separation where like it kind of almost feels like watching these movies that like this is you playing with toys you know i mean this is like you could you could re recreate these in your own house because <laughs> it's just you're watching them drive you know yes yeah that's it yeah i guess and that is another good way of describing this movie today isn't it that we're talking about it is almost like you are it's almost like the film director and the crew and everybody is is i would imagine that they were probably having a really good time making these movies back then do you know what I mean? Could you imagine it, it, being on a film set back then? You know, you're just getting your hands dirty and real explosions and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it depends on the director. I've heard some of these guys they have their they have their their um, schedules are so quick though that I'm sure they they wasn't a lot of fun. But this one seemed like everybody having a lot of fun on it. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people involved in this movie as well, isn't there? When you look at it, I mean, you've got um, we're talking about the director here, so you've got Lamont Johnson. And he did a lot of TV work, so I think this was his main uh, film debut. I think looking at his IMBD, he did a lot of uh, westerns and things like that, and mostly TV work. So, um, And then all of a sudden he's taken on a movie like this, you know, some sci-fi adventure. Yeah, that, that's kind of a big step. And mm. I guess 
I guess kind of sad that it didn't do better for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's probably something to do with the time that it came out as well, wasn't it, really? You know, it's just on the sort of cusp of uh, a new Star Wars movie coming out, wasn't it, that everybody was probably looking forward to. Um, but it's... For me, this is a film that should be working, do you know what I mean? Especially in that time. I mean, I'd if I went to the cinema today to go and watch Space Hunter, I'd be fully entertained by it, do you know what I mean? I'd be going, coming out saying, well, I've got my five bucks worth there with that movie. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. It's entertaining, if anything. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, I know it's not a... I appreciate it's not a perfect movie in some ways, um, but like I say, are you entertained with this movie? Absolutely. And then you look at the... Um, talent that is on board with this movie I mean you've got um, Elmer Bernstein who's done that incredible soundtrack which I've got in my car <laughs> on CD and I'm, I'm guilty I'm guilty of putting it on at some point when I wasn't watching the movie yeah and Matt knowing you mate I bet you're guilty of pretending you're, you're wolf in your car <laughs> if you like me mate <laughs> you know what I mean going on some adventure <laughs> yep. um and that's the magic of these films, that. isn't it? You know, it's just. Uh... And then you've got um, we've got Ivan Reitman, who's the executive uh, producer to this film as well, and he was just toying with uh, making Ghostbusters, um, sort of a year yeah. after this, wasn't it? So you got him on board, and then you've pretty much got the cast of Ghostbusters here as well, haven't you? Like with. Um, uh, Ernie yeah. Hudson, who puts in a magnificent performance as Washington. Um, and then you've got Harold Ramey, who does the communication guy at the beginning, isn't he? He does the voice telling the yeah. wolf he's got 100 I'll be honest, the first, say the first time I watched this, I didn't notice that so much. Mm. It, was, it was until later, and then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh. Egon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You've got Egon there telling him that, you know, oh, when we get into that later, I think it's just a great way to introduce the hero of the movie. Um, and like I say, then you've got like these practical great spe special effects. Um, I think it was, was it filmed somewhere in the desert? Was it like the Nevada desert or somewhere like that? That strikes me right. I forgot to look that up. But no, yeah, at one point somewhere I had. In the desert. Um, but like I say even when I watch this film now I just uh, I, I think because it's filmed in these desert locations you do feel like you're on another planet somewhere watching this movie do you know what I mean and it's got that real sort of uh, comic book edge to it I think do you know what I mean it's just it's dusty it's dirty um, nothing's clean <laughs> it, it just makes it and they did something with the colour too like that that's kind of makes it uh, back in the days they used to do that with movies like was that angry red planet? You know how they made everything red. This one definitely did something mm. with the color hue to make oh, yeah. it feel more otherworldly. Yeah, and um, going back to the soundtrack as well, I think Elmer Bernstein. I mean, he's done other great movie uh, film soundtracks like uh, The Magnificent Seven and The Great Escape. I mean, they're pumping um, soundtracks. And having listened to this in my car on several occasions, you listen to each track and you feel like you're reciting each scene to this movie which I think is very clever do you know what I mean it's just you know when something's happening like an explosion or a bit of suspense or um, a bit of uh, characterization it just the the score goes very well with this movie I think oh definitely um, 
So, Matt, do you remember the first time that you watched this film? God, um, I, I know for sure it was like on it was on uh, cable or something. It used to like play all the time. Yeah. And this was like this is one of the ones that was on loop. I used to watch with my dad. I mean, so it's a great movie, but it's also got nostalgia for me just remembering watching movies with my dad when I was a kid. Mm. But between this one and it was like uh, this one, Cherry 2000 and like Ice Pirates and Battle Beyond the Stars. I remember watching those coming on like cable back and forth between those watching them with my dad. Almost every time it came on, we just at least watched whatever part was on the TV. Yeah. And, and you just saying those films there, like Battle Beyond the Stars and Ice Pirates, and you could probably chuck in Metal Storm there as well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I felt, as a kid, these were all part of the same universe. So I could see Chad from Battle Beyond the Stars team up with Wolf. And as a, it's, a little sure. bit, it's a little bit like the Marvel Universe that we've got now. Um, where you've got these characters from different films. And I could have seen that in the 80s. I think I've mentioned this before on the Mm -hmm. show. Definitely could have seen uh, Prince Colwyn turn up as well from Kroll. Do you know what I mean? Playing the sort of... Oh, yeah. uh, Fantasy sort of... Sort of fantasy sci-fi deal, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of got that fantasy with... I suppose you could say that uh, Prince Colwyn for me would be sort of like the Thor character. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you would have had Wolf. I think it would have been a sort of grumpy sort of Star Lord space pirate sort of character, do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, he's like a space swashbuckler, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I totally sold of him. You know, he's he is uh, I've I've heard a lot of people do reviews on this film and obviously everybody's entitled to their opinion on how they want to watch this film. And he kinda of gets slated a little bit, saying that he's not yeah, I don't know what uh, sort of saying that he doesn't live up for being that sort of hero or he's a little bit grumpy but for me it works uh-huh. he, he, I think Peter Strauss is is a good hero in this movie he, he, he totally uh-huh. sells it for me <laughs> he's he's a sense of humour and all that sort of stuff you know and the sort of banter between him and Washington is just awesome yeah for sure um, but what we do Matt is uh I think we're getting to this movie, mate, because uh, I can hear a Mayday signal coming in. <laughs> so I think we better take that call. We better go to Terror 11. We'll play you guys a trailer. Yeah. And we will see you soon. One shuttle detached. Ability survivors. Reward 3,000 megacredits. In two weeks, Columbia Pictures will present 3D as you've never seen it before. The first quality 3D film backed by a major studio. The first to use a new state-of-the-art 3D process. This is Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. It's the story of three unlikely heroes. Their destination, the Forbidden Zone. Their mission, save three stranded women. I like her. Their chances, one in a million. I'll take that bet. Columbia Pictures presents outer space as you've never seen it before. The ultimate 3D experience. Can't anything be simple anymore. Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. In 3D, the first movie that puts you in outer space. Rated PG. Coming soon to a theater near you.
And welcome back guys, so the uh, synopsis of this film is On a distant planet inhabited by mutants, two bounty hunters race to rescue three Earth female captives from the clutches of an evil mutant warlord. Uh, it came out in 1983, it's got a PG rating and it's got a 90 minute runtime. And the other thing I was going to mention here Matt was uh, it's actually a 3D movie as well wasn't it? Yeah, I, I've never had the the, the 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 luck of seeing it in 3D, though. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a film I wouldn't mind going to watch at the cinema, um, even in, in a, just a normal sort of uh, screening. But yeah, if you could chuck a 3D, it'd be pretty cool to go and see that. Uh, I don't see it being popular enough that they would remaster a 3D version, the re-release, though. Yeah, even over here, I'm not sure whether there'd be a big enough audience. I mean, I've got a, there's a theatre called the Prince Charles Theatre and they play all the um, all the old classic movies, but I don't know if I'll be able to get Space Hunter through nice, them. Yeah. I'm not sure, maybe I could push it as a request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be the only guy in the cinema. I yeah, I got a theatre here that shows old old 80s horror films and I that I'm, I've got friends with the guy, but I, I mean... <laughs> that might be a hard one to sell. I don't know. This is 2020, man. Anything could happen. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. Do you know what I mean? It could be just that weird that you walk down the street and you be going, "Oh my God, there's Space Hunter playing at the cinema." <laughs> <laughs> I'm either dreaming yeah. or I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That would be. But like I say, just mentioning on the 3D, there was other films about this time, wasn't there? It just seems to be. Uh, it's almost like they said it's 1983 man so we got the number 3 so we got to make a 3D movie isn't it do you know what I mean so you had um, was it Parasite Jaws 3D uh, Jason yeah. Amateurville Horror I think yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which isn't a bad Jason I don't think actually um, I like it a lot yeah <laughs> oh well any day of the week, I watch a Jason movie, man. Do you know what I mean? You get entertained. You probably know what you, you're going to get with those movies. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty predictable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the... What else are we going to talk about this film? So, uh, the like I say, they mentioned the cast in this film. Like I say, you've got Ernie Hudson, Peter Strauss, uh, Molly Ringwald, and Michael Weinstein. So, it's a pretty solid cast there, isn't it, really? Yeah, my, Michael Ironside, and I mean, you know what? To be fair, every movie I've ever seen Michael Ironside, and even if it's a terrible movie, he captures your attention, and he always just he just overplays the character no matter what they give him. Yeah, so, I mean, I was you know, he is what he is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think that that's exactly it, isn't it, really? And I think he kind of um, you'd be surprised. I haven't seen this film, and I keep meaning to go and watch it. Is it Turbo Kid? Oh God, yeah, that's um, a great one, and. I'm pretty sure he plays a similar character to like what he does in this film. Uh, like I say, I really need to go and see it, but um, I've seen some pictures for it, and I'm just thinking, pretty much thinking that he's playing it like Overdog or some sort of homage to the '80s. <laughs> I mean, now that you're bringing that up, that almost that almost could play off as like a prequel to this movie, being that he's like he's got some stuff altered on him, but it's not quite as bad as in this movie. Hmm. <laughs> It could be the follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Prequel to Space Hunter. Um, yep. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to say is I, I've, I've always seen a similarity with this film uh, being Waterworld. 
um, when I watched Waterworld when oh, it came yeah. out in the 90s, was it? Um, and I kind of enjoyed Waterworld. I kind of like anything sort of post-apocalyptic. And I just thought the structure of that film was where you got Kevin Costner, who's going to rescue a kid, or he, or initially um, doesn't really want to be involved, does he, with this like child in this no, movie? And it's a bit of hindrance, isn't it? Yeah. And, right. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a bit of the anti-hero. Yeah, pretty, pretty much the same as Wolf, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Where by the end of the movie, it's like he's now become the rescuer, isn't it? He's he's kind of sort of mm-hmm. formed a relationship and wants to look after this kid mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just thought it's a similar sort of thing with Waterworld in this movie. Um, yeah. And the other thing I was going to say, it's a slightly controversial statement here, but I, I was thinking this the other day, I was thinking it kind of reminds me a lot of um, Escape from New York, in a funny sort of way, just in a sort of, um, instead of like where you've got Snake Plissken, he's kind of forced to go and do this rescue. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like yeah. the anti-hero. But you've got Wolf, who's just doing it for purely money gain, isn't it? He, he, he's he's there for the 3,000 mega credits. Um, yeah. Doesn't really care about anybody else. Uh, apart from his sex bot charmers, but we'll get into later. <laughs> so. I, I, I would say that's the thing, though. Too, he sort of is forced because if you listen to the beginning closely, yeah, it, and and uh, Harold Ramis is on there, right? Oh yeah, and of course. Him, and yeah, he, yeah. And he tells him he has 105 like outstanding parking tickets and yeah. his, owes his wife back alimony. It's like he has to make this money and he's going to lose his house, they even say. <laughs> and, you know, the irony to that is uh, I even got that when I was a kid. I was thinking, you're talking to guys in space and it says, you know, <laughs> if you don't pay your rent, you're out on the street. <laughs> he's in space, man. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> yeah. He doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to care that much. <laughs> I don't think he really cares. No, if he, go, if he doesn't go back to Earth at all, he's like, yeah, just keep clocking up those uh, parking tickets. But, um, yeah, I, get, getting into that part of the movie, I mean, we might as well start the, the movie off because we're getting into that bit now. But obviously you've got... Yeah, yeah, jumping the, ahead a bit. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I think this is a good way to start it. But obviously before that, you've got... Um, the thing that captured me straight away as a kid was that Elmer Bernstein, you know, the soundtrack, wasn't it? That sort of din 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 din, and then it sort of it, oh yeah, it, it explodes on the screen, doesn't it? And then you got Space Hunter, and it's kind of cool, isn't it? Where you've got the um, soccer sort of warp drive, isn't it? Where you're flying through space and you have got the stars. Um, yeah, it's like a lot of the movies from the 80s, right? Where you, like, the ones that you always were really excited to watch as a kid is the ones where, like, you have the credits flying at you and you're going through space and the yeah. music's pumping and you're just, just already jacked for whatever the movie's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think they did that with um, Star Trek, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. With the Rafa Khan. Superman. Superman, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, this is it. Um, even Masters of the Universe, didn't they? With, you know, um, oh, yeah. He-Man. Um, so you're kind of really I mean for me when I watched this I thought yeah I'm sold with this movie this is great and then it goes at a very quick pace as well doesn't it do you know what I mean nothing really there's no nothing slow in this movie I don't think um, and then obviously you've got this space station haven't you <laughs> with 
Um, some escape pods for an awful lot of people on board that ship. Do you know what I mean? They've got to get suited up into what these three females get into. I don't know quite how you get time. <laughs> and, you know, you're pretty much like... Right, that's a huge... That's an elaborate... That's a, that's one thing I definitely noted. I love the costumes of this movie, and those 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 spacesuits seem seem slightly out of place and very very freaking elaborate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's what what are those helmets doing, man? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're not even. I don't know. Like, it, airtight. <laughs> it looks like some like nineteen um, eighties like fashion model runway stuff. Is what it what it struck me as. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have got a little bit of um, like. Uh, foam or something like that, haven't you? Sort of like that stuff that you put into a box for fragile items oh, yeah. or whatever, isn't it? Yeah, see, this, this will protect you in space. That's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just what you need when you're yeah. on a starship that blows up. Um, so you've got that scene, and straight away they basically, you know, this is the three females that need rescuing from that planet, and then we've got um, a group of. I have, I'll say one thing I did have Oh yeah, what's that? Say one thing I have to say about this movie. I did. I, I was thinking about this time. Is like, I, I love the effects of this movie and a lot of the stuff. But I have to say, it's it's called a, it's called Space Hunter. But there's not a lot of space stuff in it. But that's kind of not a bad thing because the the some of the ship stuff in the space is kind of the worst effects in the movie. I thought. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, that that's a very good point actually, isn't it? It's it, that's the only thing that's kind of missold, isn't it? on the poster isn't it because it says the only movie in the 80s that will take you into outer space <laughs> but and a lot of the film, you know what? films in the desert i say funny enough I didn't notice that till this time Is that's the funny thing is I didn't even think about it till this time watching it that I'm like wait this movie's hardly in space yeah it's in the desert <laughs> <laughs> you've got the bit a tiny bit at the beginning haven't you um, yep what it should have said is uh, the only movie that pretty much sends Harold Ramey into space on an intercom because he spends most of the time in space in this film, doesn't it? Yeah. Harold Ramey <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's looking for you in space with a parking ticket. I don't know. It just, oh, it gets crazy. Um, but going back to that bit, this is kind of what I do like um, with that intercom message is it kind of makes that character real for me. So you've got this lead, main hero who's, you know, a bounty hunter. Um, but he's got all the sort of problems that a lot of people would probably have back on Earth. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's got an ex-wife and, you know, he does, he's got money issues and he's got a parking ticket. Do you know what I mean? And this is this is the introduction to our hero. And um, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of holy socks, isn't he, as well? And... Uh, but, but, but what does make me laugh is that he hasn't got any money, but he's got enough money to buy his sex bot charmers a night shirt or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and the stuff's all broken, and he's like, and she's like, I could fix it if you'd let me have a minute to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so you get this intercom message, don't you? And it pretty much tells you. It's giving you a whole building block of this story, isn't it? Basically saying that um, you got Terra Eleven. Um, it was a planet that they were trying to inhabit. There was a disease that out, out, out broke on the planet, and then you've got Overdog, who was 
possibly a doctor or something like that, wasn't he, with his crew? And um, so you've got a plague planet. And then you've got these three Earth girls that need rescuing for 3,000 mega credits, which is a lot of money, um, as they say in, on the film. And that's it, isn't it? It's like, yep, yeah, sounds great. Activate the drive shaft charm, isn't it? You know what I mean? Off he goes for that little bit of time in space that you got. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got a pretty cool scene here, haven't you, where the, the, it comes down and ship lands. And then you're introduced to probably one of the coolest vehicles, which I wanted in the 80s as a kid, was this Scrambler. I mean, you know, let's talk about that for a moment. That's a pretty cool machine, isn't it? That's really what, I mean, that's one of the huge things that sells me on this movie, right? Because it's, it gets, it's not only is it a cool vehicle, but it actually gets a lot of play in the movie. I mean, the whole movie, it's in the, pretty much the whole movie. Yes. Yeah. And it reminds I, me a lot of, it reminds me a lot of the APC from uh, Aliens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I get you. Because of the way the, it's got the gun turret on the top, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I quite like the sounds of this movie as well, do you know what I mean? Because he starts it up, doesn't he? And it's kind of, it's all, and then when it gets rolling, mm -hmm. and even all the sounds of the, uh, when he opens up the door, it's, it's almost like the door's opening. In fact, it's a bit like the doors in Aliens, isn't it, when they open up? All the sound oh, effects yeah. that they use. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, so it's little things like that which I think are good. And I just like the fact that it's it's been lived in, isn't it? This scrambler, you know. I mean, you look, every time I watch it, you think, "Oh, there's a little toy dog on the front dashboard <laughs> or something," you know. And um, and I actually think it was uh, used in an episode of The Night Rider as well. I didn't know if you. Oh, knew I mean, that I one. would. I'm gonna look that up, yeah, because that'd be, yeah. I mean, it'd be a shame to never use that thing again because they put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's a real vehicle which they built. Um, but yeah, it's in an episode of The Night Rider, apparently when uh, Michael Knight has to take on like a, like you say, like an APC or whatever it is, you know, so it goes bad, which is pretty cool. Nice. So there you go, so you've got um, Chalmers who's setting everything up, she's setting all the weapons up and she? she's getting ready for war, as he says, we're not going to war, Chalmers, isn't it? <laughs> and then he's... Yeah, she's, she's complaining about their amount of ammo and he's like, we're not going to war, Chalmers. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're only down to about six clicks, isn't it, on the sort of like torpedo charge or whatever it is, or rocket launcher. Yeah, that's what they said. But I mean, you don't know how many a clip it is. I'm wondering what he, what she thinks they're going to encounter. Yeah, as I say, maybe that's a huge backstory for Wolf, isn't it? You know, he's this, you know, we're only down to six clicks, Wolf. You know, he used loads last time on the last mission. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then the next thing you've got here. Um, is a how can I describe it? It's like a train with sails. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the strangest thing, isn't That's, it? It's it's like a steampunk land train. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm not sure if those sails are doing anything. You know, I don't know because there's smoke coming off it. I I don't know. Um, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. I was in I, again. I was entertained. I liked it. Um. Mm -hmm. I think this is where you get a couple of lines from Wolf now, isn't it? Where he goes, oh, this is going to be easier than I thought. And then the next thing yeah, you know, <laughs> you've got the zoners that turn up. And, you know, I imagine they're um, overdogs, um, henchmen, aren't they, that are going out to uh, steal the girls off the 
is it the scavs isn't it on this train they're like the sort of uh, uh i maybe because there's like there's a weird discerning because there's like the there's like the two factions right and then there's the uh the wastelanders the, the scavs are like the scavengers but i guess he probably calls them scavengers because they're not agreeing to work off what he does so yeah that's it um but they're like a there's like a sort of civil war isn't there between um the zoners and oh i think i did have it written down somewhere but it, what was well the main guy was uh, is mcnab which is overdog and then the oh, other guy yeah I don't that's right yeah that's it that's the one yeah, but yeah so you've got um like i say got mcnab or something on this on this train um so you've got a battle between the two and then this is where wolf goes in isn't it and she goes well whose side are you on and he goes my side and it goes in and then there's <laughs> a you know get a little bit of comic relief here didn't you from wolf as he's sort of like taken on the bad guys and he sort of hits one of them he starts sort of he has a little bit of an indiana jones moment here didn't he, on like a rope bridge then yeah. he sort of jumps up and down um i i was always impressed with how he picked the right side of the fight but it's kind of like fight the guys that look the nastiest i guess <laughs> yeah that's it yeah that's right <laughs> um so you got this climatic fight the train gets blown up doesn't he by zona um, the girls get taken away by these dudes on these hang gliders, which got bits of smoke coming off them, and they. Um, yeah, there, there's some sort of propulsion to them. It's kind of it's kind of cool. <laughs> couldn't quite work it out, but there's some sort of propulsion there going on. And then the other thing I noticed is, like when the zoners get hold of the girls, they sort of almost sort of break their necks, don't they? Just see it sort of. I know sure, that's, that's what I looked this time. I'm like, is that like, is that like they thought they could knock people out that way? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you did that, that's that's game over, man. Do you know what I mean? That's you're not going to come back from that. Um, I remember thinking that the first time I saw this movie, I was like, did they just what? I mean, did they just want their bodies? What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. Yeah, it's got it kind of got that sort of creepiness to it as well, haven't you? With the overdog thing going on here, haven't you, as well? Um, which kind of went uh-huh. over my head as a kid when I watched it. So you right. got this, so you kind of got this battle, haven't you? And uh, Wolf is now what he thought was going to be an easy job has become now sort of a bit of a chore, isn't it? And like you said, you have got the the dude is saying talking about McNabb, isn't it? You know, he's the leader of these guys running uh-huh. the train, and now Wolf has to go to the bin zone. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Chalmers gets uh, killed, didn't she? And this is the point where you find out that she's actually a a robot. And uh, you right. get a, get a pretty cool scene. Here. It's it's a shame that she dies because I would like to see her a little bit more in the movie. But he just presses a few buttons, doesn't he? It's like you're the best damn and unit. She melts like wax. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I could, they sort of uh, creeped me out a little bit as a kid when I watched that. You know, just seeing this face melting melt into goo. That's always creepy, and they've seen how to. It's like they would pull that off in movies where kids are supposed to be watching it, but that's a frightening thing. I mean, very, you know, like in Indiana Jones, it does that, right? That's one of the most epic scenes. It scares the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, face melting scene. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of. Um, I must admit, a little bit of cinema trauma there for me watching that, but. For sure. So then you've got uh, Wolf. He, he carries on his journey, doesn't he? He comes across some sort of uh, space pyramid. Um, I'm presuming that's some sort of vehicle that's crashed on the planet. Um, and then you're introduced to uh, Molly Ringwald, Nikki, who's uh, it's quite a funny moment here, isn't it? Because he's in that pyramid 
and then he hears the scrambler getting started up and then he comes running out and he just comes out of that line and he goes what the hell are you (laughs) it's like brilliant (laughs) it's almost like Wolf saying I've just experienced a lot of weird shit this morning and in a lot in a short time yeah in a very short (laughs) space of time and now what the hell are you do you know what I mean he just goes I'm an earther what the hell do you think I am isn't it um Yep. And um, I actually think this is quite a good. I've heard a lot of people say that she's kind of like a sort of plays like a sort of whiny role. But I think that's kind of how it's supposed to play out, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? She's supposed to be like the irritating kid. And I think a lot of this movie, even though it is a space sci fi adventure, a lot of this movie is based on their sort of relationship between, you know, mm. as I said earlier, he's. He kind of sees her as a burden, then he at start with, and then later on he has to go and rescue her. So it's it's quite a good bit of character development for this movie. I think so. She's like, I think she's kind of like obnoxious, but it's understandable because she's like a young, she's like a teenager. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they, I don't, personally, I don't think they push it too far where it's like you don't like her character. You're just you understand it because she's been out there bending her for herself. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, that's right. I think. Um, for me, I think it's what it makes makes the movie because there's times where you can sort of almost see Wolf as if he's kind of almost giggling to himself. Do you know what I mean? And I'd I'll be honest with you, I don't know any other movie that's kind of sort of driven this this sort of plot where you've got a guy who has to go on a rescue mission, then he's being irritated by a kid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just you know I can't can't really pick out any other movie that does that but I think um, certainly Peter Strauss he just plays it really well for me do you know what I mean he's just like that sort mm-hmm. of guy I'm figuring he's probably in his late 30s here he's had a bit mm-hmm. of life experience he's probably been messed about by people in the past and he's kind of got this sort of I don't really give a shit any attitude anymore but he kind of plays well with Nicky being the opposite kind of uh, kind of giving him a tough time or whatever and I think the the two characters play really well in this movie for me yeah I mean they, like with the beginning that also introduced the fact of how much of a loner is right he's he's divorced mm. and he has he has all these other issues he's he's I mean he's traveling the the, the, the solar system with a sex robot instead of another person like yeah. he's he's very, <laughs> he's very not used to dealing with other people yeah yeah he's he's almost like um you know, I'm going to throw it in there. He's a bit like RJ McCready in Outpost 31, who's just in his shack. Because RJ's yeah. got his sex doll playing computer chess. And he's kind of <laughs> just had enough, you know. But in the end, he's the guy who's going to sort everything out. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of like that. And, and then, uh, yeah, then he pushes the button and calls her a cheating bitch. Yeah, this is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Wolf should have did with, done with Pot Chalmers when he pushed the button. He should have just gone... Cheating bitch. <laughs> Not enough ammo, I'll show you. Yeah, this is it, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, this that's that's the thing, even though uh, this film is is a sort of B movie and I, you know, it's kinda of like it, but it's it's still got quite a lot of like it's got a really good story and character development and stuff like that, so uh and like I say, I think the characters play off with each other quite well. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then obviously you've got the bit where they've 
they stop off, don't they, at a camp. And he's sort of saying, she says, oh, you know, what are we eating? He goes, hot dogs. <laughs> she goes, I don't I mean, eat dogs. <laughs> it's just great. I, yeah. I, there was a part a little bit before that, too, where she, uh, where she's like, you, without me, you won't find them in a millennium. Because they play this whole thing throughout the whole movie where she's like, sort of trying to speak what she thinks is Earther. She oh, calls yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, but she that... repeatedly like mispronounces sayings. <laughs> I don't know about you, Matt. I, I, but what the hell is a melonium? Do you know what I mean? What is that? Do you know what that is? I don't know. <laughs> that, like... that, that was the look on his face, though. He's like a melonium. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what is that? <laughs> yeah. I don't even. You know, I'm looking. <laughs> Can you quantify that for me? Yeah. I've no idea. <laughs> I might just Google that and see what comes up. <laughs> Yep. Oh man. So yeah, so they got these hot dogs, um, and then Wolf's got his like blow up silver mattress, whatever it is, and he throws her a blanket, and then he wakes up in the morning, and then he finds her laying next to him. And, you know, he's got this sort of uh, funny bit now where he's just had enough, isn't he? He said you stink, and he chucks her in the pool, and you got this scene now, isn't it? He's washing <laughs> her hair, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Right, because there was a bit before that where they're driving and he like opens the opens the door because she apparently smells so bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it. He's driving along, is it? Yeah. And that's right. Is that, is that like he? Is that the bit where yeah. um, she she says, you know, you're glad that you found me, man, because you know we're gonna work just fine together, and that's all I've got to say, isn't it? He says, if that's all you got to say, then I am lucky, isn't it? Like that or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that was right after he. That's yeah, that, that's right after he opens the window. Yeah, that's apparently, it. you know, she smells like the wasteland. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. That the actual sort of comic timing in this film. I'm just all, I'm just so entertained by it every time. Do you know what I mean? It's just so so much fun. Right. It doesn't seem too much. Like I feel like that's one of the one of the huge things about this movie is that it, it's funny, but they don't make it so funny that it takes away from the the suspense of it. No. No, because I think it could have been a very sort of a boring journey, couldn't it, really? Without these two characters yeah. and the, the playoff you have between them, um, which just brings you from, I wouldn't say from point A to B, because you've got little points where they um, go to the camp, he washes her hair, and then he comes down and he says, turn around. And he's like, well, you're nothing but a baby. <laughs> Right, they almost play on it like he's gonna like have the moment where he thinks she's like beautiful or something. But yeah, then, know, then he yeah. just goes, he just goes to the moment. Oh, you're just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then she has another rant. Well, you might think that, but I'm really a woman or something like that, isn't it? She's uh, like, I'm a grown up. Yeah, that's it. She's trying to convince him. Something like that. And then um, this is where you got Washington turn up now, isn't it? And he's like uh, space snowplow, is it? I mean. Yeah, it's, like uh, a, a steampunk semi train. It's got like the it's got like some of the workings of the train on the side because you can see the the I don't know what the hell that's called, but this part that runs the train that pumps it is on the side of it. So it's weird. It's like a semi slash train. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, it's got to be some weight on that, isn't there? Um, oh yeah. You know, I mean, what type of ship Washington's flying around the universe must be massive, mustn't it? If he's got like you know a vehicle like that. 
Um, I, I, actually, this time I noticed I didn't. And it's weird that I've watched this movie so many times. I've noticed new things. This time, there's a part where he asks him about what that vehicle, and he actually says he borrowed it from somebody up the road. Oh, did he say that? Oh, yeah. He's. I, um, I have not noticed that till this watch last night. He goes, oh, "What? Where did you get that? I know something like monstrosity or whatever he says." And he goes, "I borrowed it some, from some folks up the road." Oh right, okay. So that would make sense because that vehicle does blend in with the rest of the terrain, doesn't it? So oh, okay, you know what? I've never well, noticed that. Well, because he crashes. Like I think there's a very throwaway line where he he says that basically he crashed his ship. Is why he's trying to count on Wolf, even though he doesn't trust Wolf. Oh yeah, it's because right. he crashed his ship at some point. Yeah, and he can't get off the planet. And he's feeling embarrassed about it because this is where you've got a little bit more character development here with Wolf, mm-hmm. his backstory, isn't it? Because it's now. He was working for, is it Terra Sector? You know, ba- yeah, basically, basically like uh, space enforcement of some sort, right? Yeah. Um, so he's basically saying to him, oh, you know, they made you head of Sector Chief and now you're stuck on this planet and you need me, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> kind of got that sort of, um, they've got that sort of bit of banter between them, haven't they? Or they've obviously worked together in the past. And, yeah, I don't uh, remember how many years, but he goes, it's like been 17 years and they and they made you sector chief. Yeah, he's like, he's it. trying to make it sound like he's like, oh yeah, that, it only took you that long. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> and then this is where um, uh, Wolf comes out and goes, well, you need me to get you off this planet and rescue these girls. And he just says to him, well, you know, the reward is, I don't know, does he mention the reward 50-50? No, it's like Ronnie does that. But this is a, there's a funny scene here, isn't there, where Washington comes out and goes, well, see, you're, looking, you're doing real good for yourself, Wolf. Here with your little scav girl, isn't it? Like that, isn't it? it starts off at that point where he says, Washington is trying to sell, even though he doesn't have a fucking ship to go to the planet, he starts off trying to sell him that he's going to basically do 70 fucking 30 on him or something. Yeah, that's right. And he goes, the deal is 50-50. Um, <laughs> but then there's a there's just a great bit here, and it's probably the line of the movie, and he goes... You know what, Wolf? He goes, some people stick to one thing. But you, you're like fly shit on the screen. One breather there and you're off. <laughs> it's just like, that's funny. Quite, that's, def- that's definitely one of like the three lines I yeah. wrote down because yeah. I always remember that line. Yeah, it's just like brilliant. And then he goes, um, well, he goes, good luck. Good luck um, with your ship. And then he gets his gun and he? and he just chucks it in the pool. Then he goes, and enjoy your swim. <laughs> Which kind of comes back to Wolf later on, doesn't it? In a way, um, yeah. Because it, it, in that bit, like, there's like somehow like apparently Washington can't drive because like Wolf messes around with him before he knows who he is, and he kind of crashes the, the the truck a little bit into some rocks. Yeah, and that's why he can't follow him. Is like he's like kind of stuck on that with a giant freaking truck that apparently can't back up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, it's uh, they have that sort of game of cat and mouse, don't they? Where Wolf's kind of going, "Hey, how are you?" Um, I'm yeah, pretty. I'm like, pretty. I got this awesome scrambler. He's like, "I got this awesome scrambler," and you got that giant piece of crap. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. And that's where he's like saying, "Oh, I see you doing real good for yourself, Wolf." Um, <laughs> but Ernie Hudson, I, he, he's one of those guys. I love him and whatever he does. You know, um, he's just a great character actor. Um, and I oh, think yeah. he does. I think he does a really good job in this movie as Washington. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's just got like I say a lot of conviction with the role and all that. 
It's kind of cool. This mo- so so like other than other than your main wolf and Nikki, which uh, Molly Ringwald's character, a lot of, all the other characters are really barely in it if you think about it. But they all make they all make their like spot in the movie. Yeah, in the little that they're in it. Oh yeah, yeah, they make an impact, don't they? You know, you got the two dudes on the motorbikes, haven't you? Which are pretty cool, by the way. Um, oh, they are, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff, like you say, you got the snowplow on a desert planet where you don't need a snowplow. Um, and then you've got motorbikes, which, um, you know, with these like bars going around them, which looks cool, but doesn't really serve any purpose at all, does it? <laughs> I think. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like a, a motorbike with like a sort of flat hamster cage around it. Yeah. That's or it. hamster yeah. wheel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it's, not, and it's open, so it's not like it's going to stop people from shooting you or doing whatever. If it was like closed, <laughs> I would understand it, but it's no. just a couple bars. And, you know, I think if you if you fall off that bike, it's probably going to cause you a problem to try and get it back upright because of the weight. I, I don't it know. Looks I just heavy, don't know. Yes. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just like the director or producer just said to the crew that just do something with that bike, just make it look cool and. Guy was probably stood next to some scaffold and started bending it over, and yeah, we'll do something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm at, at this point. This is was '83, right? I'm just not. I'm not sure how many like wasteland movies were out. You know, like the first Road Warrior was out, right? Uh, yes, Road Warrior. Um, oh, but I'm come out early eight. Uh, come out '81, I think. That's what I thought. Yeah, mm. and then some of the like the really really corny ones. So I mean, I feel like there was like the the hot thing was to do was to make things look like it was all scavenged. So it's like let's just weld things together, even mm. if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's not practical, but it looks good, and uh, <laughs> you know that's how we're gonna roll with this movie. So you got um, so you now got Wolf and Nicky. They've they've left Washington behind. He's gone swimming for his gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, which comes into effect later on, funny enough. And um, now they go into a like a sort of cabin or something, don't they? Which is, I think it's pretty cool as well. They go and find somewhere to sleep, don't they? And it's like uh, an old um, like water facility or something like that. It's a little bit like Aliens, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Where they've got all the sort of cladded... Um, it looked, yeah, it looked like maybe it was like a water processing plant yeah, or something. yeah something like that um, then again like I say as I said earlier you kind of get that character development between two you know Wolf and Nikki where she's kind of going mm-hmm. I can understand why you've got no friends isn't it Do you know what I mean you don't like anything you know and then she's like <laughs> yeah. going well, why are you called Wolf and he's gone well that's my name <laughs> it's like <laughs> stuff like that Do you know what I mean it's like <laughs> <laughs> that, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that part. And then she just says, well, "But you notice that they're getting, al- you notice they're getting along better at this point." Like you said, it's the character development because, like, when they go to lay down, like he's okay with her laying next to him. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And I think sometimes that can be overlooked in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Because it is, as I said, the the thing for me with this film is Wolf and Nikki's development. Um, you know. Mm-hmm as the movie goes on, do you know what I mean? He kind of warms to her, do you know what I mean? And you can sort of see every every little adventure they go on, he sort of protects her, doesn't he, do you know? And um, I think this this part here is kind of like a bonding session, isn't it? Because you've got these... Well, how can I describe them? Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
I slimy so, so, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my wife, I was watching this last night, and I, I don't watch a lot of sci-fi movies with my wife because she doesn't really dig the weird slimy, strange shit. And this mm. is definitely one of those parts. Yeah. But she happened to walk out right when I was watching that part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> And yeah, they look like big slobby blobby creatures out of popping out of cocoons, like like giant fat suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's you know what? It, as much as this, and like I say, I'm, I'm just kidding for a B movie, and I find this film incredibly fun, and it works for me. Um, it's just the part where they've just like come across these um, slimy creatures, and they've got to escape, and it's pretty cool, really. Um, you know how they've got to yeah. get away. Um, they go up through a stairway, don't they? And he slams the um, uh, door shut on them, doesn't he? And they, then they've obviously got some sort of acid or something for fingers where they're sort of melting through the iron. Um, yeah, he's like ripping through it. And like, and it, they seem like, it seems like they were making the intent to look like they are very blob-like because it rips it open and starts to force its way through the hole. Yeah. And it's actually really creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and then he's like... I think he shoots one of them, and he's like, he uh-huh. says, right, let's go down here, and then he finds these cables or something, isn't it, which lead down to the scrambler. And like I say, this is the bit where he's kind of like a little bit caring for it, and he goes, come on, you can do it, kid. And she goes, oh, I'm really scared. He goes, I'll make it easy for you, doesn't he? He just like chucks on the cable, and she goes down, doesn't she? And um, yeah. then Wolf gets into the scrambler. I think they have a little bit, it's a bit of a sort of oh, they're going to get out of this moment because he tries to start it up and it doesn't, does it? It's like, and then it starts up. Um, yeah, this is where he kind of counts on her a little bit because he goes, um, you know this thing doesn't fucking float. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I'll lead, she's like, I'll lead the way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's the next bit, isn't it? Yeah, when they come onto the, um, was it the Amazonian women, isn't it? Um, do they sort of cut straight into that scene, isn't it, after this? Well, yeah, they're like they're just going along for a little bit, and she's like guiding him, saying, "Okay, come over here, come over there." And then you see like somebody pop out of the water in the background, and they're like, and then like something grabs her and pulls her under the water. Yeah, that's it. That's right. And he's like Nikki, and he gets out, doesn't he? And then all the Amazonian women come out, don't they? And then they say to Wolf, don't they? They go, "Oh, uh, I bet breeding him breeding with us would kill him, isn't it?" And he goes, "I'll take that bet." <laughs> but whilst he's flirting like, with these girls, yeah, yeah, you're like uh, trying to decide how sarcastic he's being right now. <laughs> yeah, but he, he does seem to have all the lines, doesn't he? he? Just seems to throw everything back, doesn't he? Um, but then you've got Nikki, haven't you? She sort of comes out of the water, and he's like, you know, he sort of jumps into action, then he goes and rescues her, and then it's almost like they've gone. What else should we put in this movie? I know what. Let's put a a dragon in this film isn't it do you know what I mean he sort of comes out doesn't yeah. he on a uh, on yeah. a rope or something and it's yeah they're like a weird cult like worshipping like a water dragon <laughs> yeah yeah water dragon yeah which is pretty it reminds cool. me of the scene in Red Sonia a bit the oh yeah snake thing yeah that's right absolutely um, he's hanging upside down isn't he and he's got his gun and he's trying to sort of sort of splash his way out from the dragon and he just shoots it doesn't he uh, blows its head off yeah and then it's almost like because he shot that dragon the Amazonians don't they they flee don't they and 
they back up and start trilling like like a Xeno war cry because they're like, oh, that thing was supposed to be invincible kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Wolf's, Wolf's just hit it with one one round from his gun, which I'm figuring is probably just like a sort of 9mm. Boom, he's taken it out. I say that's one of the things of this movie I went, I did, I did think is like so the the, the weapons are pretty cool and they, it's weird how they go back and forth between sort of a laser blaster sort of thing and then like an am, an actual ammunition. Yes, yeah, I I, I kind of like the sort of real ammunition because it just makes it feel a little bit more. There's a little bit more conviction to that weapon or tangible. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah, like in the fight scenes, you'll see like. Like there's laser blasts going off, but then there's also like real ammo and real ro- like rockets and like tan- and they, they they never go into it, but it's just like maybe there's just a separation of what's what's available to find nowadays because yeah. things have also obviously deteriorated. Yeah, I've, I I think the like you just said, I think the uh, combination between the lasers and the real ammo works very well, and that can be sort of overlooked, but like you know they've combined it, haven't they, in in the right places. Mm-hmm. Um. So they manage to get out, don't they? And um, Wolf gets himself out of that rope he's tangled up in, and he's like, "Oh my god, they're they're coming back!" And let's get out of here. And then they end up in some sort of old dried-up reservoir in the desert, don't they? Um, yeah. And uh, this is kind of like where you've got Wolf now, sort of playing that sort of father figure now, isn't he? Where he's sort of going, "Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink," isn't it? As they're walking through this sort of like acid. Or contaminated water. And yeah. And this is where where Nikki goes. Well, there's water everywhere where you can't drink, and he says, "Yeah, but that's what I said." And he yeah, just said, "Like, because he because he tells her you should be in school learning yeah, that's stuff." It. He's like, and then she's like, "I don't need school to know that this is you can't shouldn't drink this water." And she's like, "That's what I just said." Yeah. <laughs> it's a poem. You. It's the first poem you'll read learn at school, isn't it? He goes, that's where you should be. Yep. And this is kind of like where he is now playing that sort of father figure, isn't he? Kind of like caring for her. Right. Wants to put her in the right, right. direction and all that. So it's great. Um, so you've got a bit now where they're sort of walking through the desert and you think they're on the brink of... Uh, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like she's getting dehydrated. Dehydrated. Sorry, that's it. On the brink of dehydration. So I was trying to think of bloody words. <laughs> like he seems sort of okay, but she's like getting sick. Like mm. you could see her like staggering. Yeah. And uh, what you? And then you got uh, Washington. He turns up now, doesn't he? And he goes, yep. "Hey, how you guys doing?" He's like, "You know what?" He goes, "I just spent the whole morning." <laughs> Swooning around in that pool, he goes, Oh, I think I've got a little bit of water in my ear. He goes, <laughs> If you're thirsty, I got some water right here. Yeah, he goes, Washington, uh-huh. he goes, you get what you want, just give me the water, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, Yeah, then they start to, that's when I start working out the deal again. He's like, yeah. Fine, dude, whatever, just get us some water. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And that's all right, because then Washington goes, oh, yeah, water, water, and then he sort of teases him, and then he goes, hmm, oh, yeah, that's great, man, isn't it? <laughs> and then that's where he's got yeah. the, uh, he says, yeah, 50-50. Um, strikes that deal, doesn't he? And then Washington goes, you're a goddamn thief, Wolf. And he sort of just smirks, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Um, he doesn't have anywhere to negotiate because he doesn't have a ship. Wolf has the ship. Yeah, that's where... See, this is where Wolf's got all the cards, isn't it? 
now. He knows that, doesn't he? He knows that he's got to, you know, fly him off this planet. But I think he secretly, I think secretly they like each other, don't they? But it's just good old banter, isn't it, between them? They just want to take the it seems like they, each yeah. other all the It time. seems like they like each other. It's just I think one or the other has screwed each other over a couple of times, so they kind of are very, it's kind of a toxic friendship. <laughs> Yeah, toxic or smugglers, pirates, I suppose it goes into that theme, isn't it? Where you kind of got a, a sort of uneasy alliance, but you will get there eventually with each other, wouldn't you, sort of thing. But Right. So they now go into another, like, camp. And then this is where, um, is it? <laughs> Washington's saying, you know what I'm going to do with my reward? I'm going to get myself a sex spot. In fact, I might just get two. <laughs> he goes like that, doesn't he? <laughs> Washington's already spent his money. And then... Um, yeah, he's already got plans. And then Nicky comes out and goes, oh, I don't know what, what I'm going to do with my reward. And then this is where you both got Wolf and Washington goes, your reward? And then she but sort she of even just, says 50, my 50%, because she goes, my 50%. Mm. <laughs> or whatever. And then he goes, like, that's... Look, that's like that would be 150 percent. You can't have 350 percent. That's how it And this is where Wolf comes out and he goes, he goes, if you think I'm here to babysit you, isn't it like that? And um, she sort of throws her toys out, doesn't she? And then she gets upset. Um, and then, like, say so you get another bit of sort of character development here, isn't it? Where Annie Hudson sort of says, "Hey, kid." You know, there's, he says, you know, there's guys like Wolf, you know, he's a loner. Space Tramp, he calls him or something like that, doesn't he? <laughs> like, right, yeah. Um, so then uh, they're sort of halfway through that conversation and all of a sudden these, the two, is it two guys on the motorbikes turn up, don't they? And, yeah. Uh, they're talking about going to the zone and then Washington's sort of saying, hey, those, those guys, you know, they're going to go in there rescue the girls take all the money isn't it and all this sort of stuff and then he's Wolf's gone just hold back a minute will you and then on top of that you've now got the an incredibly creepy scene actually which again I've, I've used this word quite a lot in this podcast but it gets overlooked because I think this is a real creepy horror scene from the 80s where you've got all these mutant kids that now turn up do you know what I mean? It's like, and they're chanting, aren't they? And you think, whoa, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're singing some weird, they have like some weird like humming chant. Yeah. And they're all like, and it's just like all in harmony. And it's just, it's really weird. And they, they actually like zoom in on them and they all look like weird fucking Jason Voorhees children. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's. I mean, you could even make a horror movie out of this alone, couldn't you? Where you could actually have someone who's crashed on a planet, like Robinson Crusoe. But instead of being there by themselves, they're being, like, pursued by mutant kids or something like, just like this scene here. Could you imagine how scary that would be? um, Well, I mean, yeah, it was a bit... It was a bit Hills Have Eyes. Mm. (laughs) And then the other thing I thought here with this, like, junkyards is that you've got a... um, You've got a, a structure of, like, a... Looks like a sort of human being or something. He's got head arms, and I kind of thought that looked a bit like the Wicker Man. Um, oh I don't yeah. Have you noticed that? It just I just thought this whole scene here now just felt like you've got a you know like a human effigy made out of iron, and then you got all these kids chanting their mutations and then they're throwing bombs down, 
And I just thought, this is this is actually quite a good scene, do you know what I mean, in terms of, you know, chucking a bit of horror into this movie. Um, so it's it's a, it's a, it's a lot of um, horror for a PG movie, I thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have to say, yeah, I watched this with my, I watched this movie with my son, and he, that's the part he remembers, mm. as he says, the creepy mutant children. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's out there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean, it's uh, kind of gets overlooked. So you got the uh, bombs coming down. You got Wolf, isn't he? Go, Let's get the hell out of here. And um, the two guys on the motorbikes drive off, don't they? And uh, that, like the effigy statue thing that falls down on the ground they sort of jump over it don't they so you get a couple of stunts here and then um, oh Washington goes out doesn't he but that snowplow first time you've got to use it to smash your way through it just breaks in half doesn't it <laughs> you know he's got his moment here um, so he's he's not having a good day is he Washington or good week and they leave him behind again yeah that's it yeah that's it you know uh, Wolf comes out and he goes, oh, let's uh, try and fix this and then capture those, or catch up with the two guys on the bikes, isn't it? So they um, quickly fix that and then now you've got the scene here where they uh, turn up in the Forbidden Zone, um, uh-huh. which is pretty cool. Because you've got the, was it the bit where you've got like a, some sort of scav, isn't it, that sort of hits the windscreen or was that before? Oh, I think that's about. I think that's on the way there. Yeah, like they're in their face. You don't see the face really well, but it's 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 kind of gooey and misshapen. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they arrived, didn't they? And this is where uh, Wolf says to Nicky, isn't it? He goes, says to her, "Look, I want you to stay in the scrambler um, because he comes out and says, because I don't want you to get hurt, isn't it? And it's where Nicky goes, "Oh, really? It's like her face smiles up." And he goes, "What you really care about me?" He goes, look, just stay here, do as you're told. We're going to go and rescue these <laughs> space women, isn't it? And then you've got this. Uh, um, actually, I forgot to mention, didn't I? The along the way, you actually introduced the bad guys, aren't you? Like the chemist, isn't it? Um, and overdog, oh, isn't it? There's some little segues, yeah. Yeah, so I forgot to mention that actually, because you've got this real creepy dude, haven't you? Um, who's the chemist? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> He's like basically saying to these girls, it's okay, you'll you'll be fine here, isn't it? He sort of gives them a bit of a sort of, like a narcotic or something, isn't it? To sort of put them asleep or something. He's like, he's like, he's like this will improve your mood, kind of thing. Yeah. And then you've got... And he shoots uh, him up with something. And then you've got a scene, haven't you, with Overdog that just... Now, watch it now as an adult. You think it's almost like he just wants to get his creepy, wicked way with these girls, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's like, undress her slowly. <laughs> what the hell? I, I know, it's way creepier now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? Where are we going he's with this like film? A, he's, like, he's like a vampire doctor octopus that's like a big pervo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, for your PG rating, you, you really are, you know, you. You've, you've used up all your credits there, man, for this movie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Stop. Really yeah, pushing I think the that boundaries. Comes in a, I was say, I think that comes in a... When did, when did they develop PG-13? Because there's a bunch of movies that should not... Probably could have been PG-13, but they didn't have that rating system at that point. Probably not. I don't know when that came in. Um, I think I've heard someone say on another podcast that there's a film they 
reviewed that was possibly the first PG thirteen, but I can't remember what that was. I don't think it was like uh, the later eighties because I saw I saw Conan the Destroyer in theaters, and yeah. that was PG for some reason. <laughs> okay, so that <laughs> and, came, and that was oh yeah six. Oh right, okay, right. Um, another great movie, <laughs> Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> kind of falls yeah. into this league, doesn't it? Really, in terms of this being a space adventure and obviously that being a fantasy, they're the same sort of got the same sort of B movie qualities to them, aren't they? Right, because this movie is totally an amalgam of the fantasy and the sci-fi. Yeah. So now you've got um, so Wolf and Washington, two dudes on the motorbikes, they've come to this um, arena where you've got um, the. I imagine it's like scavs that have been captured, isn't it? And then they're being used for this. Um, this it's like a game, isn't it? A bit like the sort of Running Man, but probably a lot more worse. Mm-hmm. And everybody's shouting electrophy, aren't they? And then there's. Um, is it blade swirling and fire and a, some sort of truck that's made up of blades that's going to kill you and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a pretty good setup, isn't it? Again, it's pretty good how they put all this together. It's like a fatal American gladiators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So you get a couple of kills, then you see how difficult it is trying... It's it's near impossible to complete this uh, mm-hmm. arena, isn't it? I think it's just basically rigged up for you to die. So then... Um, Nikki being Nikki, she doesn't do as she's told, does she? And she, uh, she uh, sort of steps into the arena and she gets captured by Overdog, doesn't she? And um, she gets put into the arena to play this game. She does pretty well, doesn't she? She gets she gets through it. And that's where you got Overdog who says, you know, if you, if you do make it through, then I'll let you go free. Right. That's kind of her moment in the movie because... Yeah, she helps navigate him, but that's kind of her moment to prove that she's actually capable of doing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. She's she can hold her own, can't she? You know, and even Overdog's watching what she's doing, isn't it? Where she gets like a shield, and she jumps through the fire, and even Overdog mm-hmm. is thinking, you know, she's going to make it. And then whilst all this is going on, is it Wolf? He rescues the girls, doesn't he? And he's basically like telling them. He goes, will you shut up? I'm trying to rescue you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, then, yeah, those other two guys had already showed up and they're already kind of screwing things up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then what? And then. Like um, you thought they were. And then uh, Wolf's got another cool device here as well, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a bomb that's attached to his watch, isn't it? Because he goes up to one of the um, Overdog's henchmen and he goes, here, just hold this for me, will you? And then he sort of just taps into the box to it's like the dude is holding goes, Hey, what's going on? And it's like just goes boom, it just blows up. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. Dear. So they rescue the girls, um, with Nikki being captured, and then they try to escape, and then this is where Washington says, you know, you know, she's been captured, and Wolf goes, Well, I'm gonna have to go and get her. And then Washington comes out here and goes, oh, she's just, just a scav girl, man. Just leave her behind. And then Wolf goes, it's like, I've got to go back for her. And then he pulls a gun on Washington, then he? he goes, I'm going to kill you if you stop me. And this is where you kind of see him now. He's He, he does care for Nicky, doesn't he? So now it becomes like that uh, rescue mission, which is pretty cool. And then um, you've got... Uh, 
overdog, isn't he? He's put Nicky onto this. What is that device? It's like a sort of some sort of something zapping her, isn't it? It's like, is it like uh, taking out a life force or something? It's 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 very overly designed. I think I mean just to be like a thing, but it looks like it's it's got like neon lights that swirl backwards behind her, and she's like strapped up, and it's like sucking her life force out, supposedly. I guess right. Yeah. So I imagine that he is. So basically, he's 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 bringing in these young victims, isn't he? So he can suck out the life force to make him feel better. So I guess that's kind of what it what the deal is with him. Um. So now you've got uh, Wolfie comes down, then he comes running through. Uh, he takes out the chemist, doesn't he? He, um, I think he pretty jab- easily <laughs> jabs him with a. He gives him a, as I say, a touch of his own medicine. Then he just jabs him with a spike or syringe. He's like, yep. <laughs> and then he goes running up to um, uh, Overdog, and he gets that again. As you said earlier, he's got his gun, hasn't he, with these little missiles that come out the front, and that's pretty cool. Um, and then he just shoots one onto Overdog, doesn't he? And sort of blows up. And then Wolf comes out with a little bit of a line and he goes, hey, kid, stick around or something like that, doesn't he? Or hang, hang in there or something like that. Um, but then with this explosion, he thinks he's taken out Overdog. Overdog's hand comes out, doesn't it? And sort of grabs him by the shoulder. Oh, yeah. And he's basically saying... I'm fully recharged, isn't it? And he's going, I'm feeling really good this morning. And then Wolf's going, he's obviously in pain. He's going, oh, you know, let go, um, Overdog. I'll, you know, I'll, um, I'll beg of you or something like that. And then all of a sudden this, like, uh, electric cable comes flying over. And then as Overdog brings down his other arm, he's like, chucks it in, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, gets, gets electrocuted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of because there's like sort of that gun battle before, but it's funny that Overlord kind of seems like he relies on being super creepy that nobody's ever overthrown him. Because to be honest, he goes down fairly easy for somebody who's ruling a whole planet. Mm. That's it. Just a little bit of uh, yeah, bit of electricity. It's almost like a sort of Roy Schneider moment from Jaws, isn't it? You know, where he takes out the yeah. shark in the end. Yeah. You know, unless electricity can still save your life, you know, in space, if you want to take out a bad guy. Um, yeah, I mean, so, it's yeah. kind of like he's half cyber. He's like three quarters cybernetic at that point. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then the thing that makes me laugh is that because he's, because Overdog's blown up, it's like, it's almost like he's connected to the device saying, well, if I blow up, everything else is going to blow up because it just calls a, <laughs> a sort of, like, Domino effect, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Everything just self goes like fucking boom. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like it's like that short just causes everything to explode. Yeah, and then um, then Washington comes in with his snowplow now, doesn't he? Just comes crashing through, and he just comes out with that sort of. I'm pretty sure this is probably an ad libbed Ernie Hudson line where he goes, "Is uh, it just happened to be in the neighbourhood or something like that?" Yeah. You guys need a ride? Yeah, you guys. Just happening to be in the neighborhood. Just happening to be in the neighborhood. And then they go out and then they're sort of. Everything's blown up around them, aren't they? They get into the vehicles and pretty much ride off into the sunset now, don't they? And uh, go back to um, the spaceship because this is where Ernie Hudson comes out and says, Well, 
spend most of the morning trying to dig up uh, Wolf's ship <laughs> from the ground or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're having a celebration, and then this is where Nikki sort of walks off, doesn't she? And then Wolf goes, hey, Nikki. And then she says to him, you know, you, you got one fixed goal or something like that, and then they have a bit of a sort of argument, don't they, or whatever, and he says that, you know, I wasn't going to babysit you or anything like this. But then he sort of calms down a bit, then he goes, look, if you want to ride somewhere, you know, to another planet or something like that, I'd, you know, I want you to come along. So then this is where they kind of got that sort of father-daughter thing now, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? Where they sort of um, become friends. And I guess it's kind of tying off onto a possible sequel for the movie, uh, which obviously never yeah. happened. But I guess uh, Wolf and Nicky and possibly Washington would have gone on to other adventures. But unfortunately, the film didn't do that well, did it, at the box office? So we never really got that. But... Um, all in all, um, it's a pretty solid movie for me. You know, I'm always entertained by Space Hunter. Yeah, me too. I mean, as long I, I, try, I probably watch it at least once a year, yeah. maybe more, depending on situation. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, like I say, you kind of just get, kind of does what it says on the tin, really, doesn't it? You know, um, I think because um, I remember. Uh, my dad bring this home on VHS when the first time I watched it and I actually think I might have watched this before Star Wars funny enough can you imagine oh, that funny. You, yeah do you know what I mean so this is probably what, <laughs> probably why I like this film so much because it's probably my first um, interpretation of a space adventure movie um, yeah because I, I think it came it came out between Empire and Return yeah but I was see I was born in I was a sort of late seventies kid. Um, so, yeah, me too. Seventy nine. Yeah, I was seventy seven. So you know what it's like when these films came out in the cinema. It took a little while to get to the VHS or whatever. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I was probably too young to watch Star Wars, but my dad brought this home on VHS with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Space Hunter. So could, you could imagine. Do you know what I mean? Oh, damn. What night I was having as a kid watching these movies, and I think that's why Space Hunter is kind of just some somehow fused in my head somehow. <laughs> I bet, yeah. For all its uh, sort of B-movie-ness and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it's, it is cool. It's uh, And as you said earlier, it's kind of got its own charm, hasn't it? Um, in terms yeah, of... Yeah, it does special effects and the way they shot it even with the sort of it's almost got a little bit of a dark tint to it um, so yeah so there you go man it's uh i'll give this movie a little bit of a thumbs up i must admit <laughs> yeah I, d I mean definitely definitely and, and i know we're not the only ones because I've, I've actually seen there's a ton of ton of people do have done podcast episodes on this movie and they've given it thumbs up too as well yeah, I think uh, Ricky Morgan's um, covered it with the witch from the Doomsday Clock. Um, I think they talked about it, but yeah, I do see it pop up from time to time, so it does get mentioned. I think it gets mentioned a little bit more now than it used to. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, you go Matt. Thanks for uh, coming on the show to talk about this movie, mate. Is there anything more you want to talk about, Space Hunter? I think we've possibly covered it all. I think we've gone pretty thorough on it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no thanks, man. Um, what are you doing? You doing a um, 
I know you do a podcast, didn't you? Was it the bad, weird, and cheesy? And I know yeah. you've just covered. Was it like a an apocalypse episode or something? Yeah, I did kind of a a deal where I just went through and took down a whole bunch of different different apocalypse movies and uh, kind of like alternate future kind of things and did an episode on that. Yeah, I got a. I got a couple coming that I'm trying to do. I got one that's like a retrospective of Final Destination. Oh, right. Okay. That's that's what I'm working on. And then I'm working on watching through all the Puppet Master movies because I just got a new Blu-ray set of that. Well, they've made a ton of those, haven't they? Um, yeah. I think there's 10 or, 10 or 11 of them. <laughs> 10 or 11? I didn't realize that was that many. I was just going to say about seven. 10 or 11 Puppet oh, Masters. No. Wow. They just made a new one this year. Have they? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I know there was one kicking around at Fright Fest not long ago, uh, which got a lot of praise, I think, as a Puppet Master movie. So maybe that kind of relaunched it a little bit. Um, oh yeah, there was a reboot one. Yeah, yeah. I know that came out at Fright Fest. I think I heard a few few guys from Legion talking about that um, online. So oh cool, that's cool, man. Nice one. I'll look out for that. All right, Matt, well, I will close the show, mate. Uh, like I say, thank you very much for coming on board. I have no doubt that you will come back on board for another episode in the future, mate. If there's anything oh, you want to cover on Bite Size, just let me know, man. And uh, also, thanks for all your support as well, mate, with the show. And that I know you're always sort of putting stuff on the page and commenting and all that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, no problem. It's a great show. Yeah, cheers, man. Okay, so um, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows on there. And if you want to um, check out the Facebook page, that's where I'm most active. Um, leave any comments, post anything on there, films you want me to cover, just let me know. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and several other players on the internet if you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion. And I will be back soon. I've got an episode coming up with Dan Bone, which I'll be recording very soon, which is going to be uh, Unbreakable from 2000 with uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson. So look out for that episode. So there you go, guys. Um, as always, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell mean power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, 
Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.